0: men in Cleveland, Ted Klopp, Ken Dwarznick, episode one, two, one. Ted, no Jersey numbers today. No. I enjoy that we do not talk before the show. I want to throw a curveball at you, and I actually were looking for some advice from yourself as well as our listening audience. Here's my dilemma. This is what I've been dealing with for quite a while. Oh, boy. I want to talk about one thing and one thing only tipping
1: tipping okay
0: tipping tipping i'm going to explain a situation you tell me how i handle this okay i've gone to recently guardians games i went to a browns game as i mentioned and in the past i've gone to some Cavs games i also as many people know one of my favorite things to do is eat and drink so when you do eat and drink obviously you have to tip but you yeah. understand it i think the People that work in the back of the kitchen, the front of the restaurant, all that, I think everybody should, you know, should be taken care of. Right. I I think that's how it works. When I go to events, a lot of times I'll eat dinner before I go. So either I'll stop at a restaurant, or eat at home. My philosophy is if I go somewhere and if someone makes my food for me and I sit down and they bring it to me and they bring me beverages, I tip them. That's what I do. I actually tip my, my average is about 20%. That's what I do. I've just done that for a long time. Kind of learned that from my parents. That's kind of the number they've always done. And I do that unless there's something unforeseen, which most times if there is, it's not the server's fault. Okay. When I go to guardians games and when I go to the Browns games and the Cavs games, a lot of times, all I'm basically going to get is some sort of beverage, either a soft drink or possibly, you know, I know this is going to be surprising, a beer. Libation. So, yes. So when I recently have gone to the Guardians games, this is my best example. I'll go in line. I get a beer for myself. I get one from a1 And right now, they really want you to do everything by card. So they want you to use a debit card, use a credit card. They really want you to do that. They don't really. I mean, you could pay cash if you want, but they don't really want you doing that. Right. It makes life easier. So now when you pay, and by the way, the beer usually that I get is, I don't get draft beer. Usually I just get the canned beer. I stand in line. I tell the gentleman what I want. He takes the cans out. They open them, which is their rule. And he hands them to me. Okay. On the credit card thing before you even check out, they want to know what percentage of tip you want to give that person. Here's my question. Would someone that prepares something for me, my best example is when I go to Cool Beans in Medina with my daughter, or whoever, they make a sandwich. OK, do I tip those people? Yes, because they've made me a sandwich. There's times I've gone to Cool Beans where I just have my refill cup and I give them my two dollars and I get my coffee and I move on. So I don't really tip in a situation where someone basically opens your beer, pulls it from a cooler, hands it to you. You take that beer and you're going to walk away I'm not saying I know the answer. I guess I'm asking for advice. Do you tip that person or not? I do not. That's kind of the dilemma I've been going through. So one of the previous Guardians games I went to, I basically had the same situation. I did not tip the person that handed me the two beers. And I can tell you this, the person standing on the other side of the register looked at me like I had 15 heads. I ordered two beers and I'm like, is this where we're at? Once again, I I really do believe in the service industry. I, I believe me, those people work very hard. I know it's not easy for what some of these people do at some of these games, but am I expected to tip somebody for opening a beer for me? I mean that I'm not opening a tab and I'm just grabbing two beers and I'm walking away. Once again, I'm not trying to diminish anything. I'm just, I'm looking for answers. I don't know that maybe I don't know the right answer. Maybe I'm supposed to
1: tip, but I haven't been doing that. Cracking open a beer to me is not service. I, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in some people's minds, but I don't know. I think you got to do a little bit more than one second worth of work. Turn a tip. And even some of the food stuff, like in uh, specific,
0: I'm not talking about restaurants. This is right. not about restaurants. This is right. about venues. If you're at a right. concert, if you're at a, a ball game, right. If someone once again, prepares food for me, I will tip. But if I'm just getting drinks, I, I don't know. I, and I, I don't know, I guess it kind of bothered me the, the With the gentleman looking at me and maybe the expectation, because maybe other people do. And, I mean, if I ordered six beers and the guy got them to me quickly, yeah, I I might feel differently. But just two beers in a line where, you know, you grab them on a cooler and you hand it to me and move along. I don't know. Listeners, let me know if I'm way off base. But to me, it doesn't seem like you should be going that route. I don't know.
1: I agree. By the way, uh, number 21, Gerald Wilkins.
0: Oh, gosh. Wasn't he a fan favorite? Weren't we all excited when we were going to get him? We thought we were going to win the, the championship with Gerald Wilkins. That's right. Dominique. We were so excited. And? It didn't really work out that way. Was a decent player. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't a fish. But, yeah, he was not.
1: Yeah. Maybe maybe the, maybe the best cab to wear 21. Maybe Gerald Wilkins. I can't think of anybody else right now. I can't best understand. Brown that I can think of to wear 21, at least in my lifetime. Yes. Metcalf up the middle.
0: Third down and long Metcalf up the middle was probably the best outside of Josh Cribs, the best returner I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. And in uh baseball, you got to go with the human rain delay. Oh my gosh. Touch every <laughs> part of your body. He couldn't play now. I was just going to say, what would he do with the pitch clock?
0: Oh my God. I think a lot of these guys that did play, you know, they talk about the game change and all that stuff. I don't know how some of these guys would react You know, thinking about like even like a guy like Pete Rose and all this stuff where they would take a ton of time between pitches. I don't they'd have to adapt. I'll say that they'd have to adapt. Any other
1: uh, anything else we want to cover? Any uh, any other news or notes or anything? No,
0: fantasy football is coming up. Can't wait to lose. So we got that going for us, which is nice. I can't wait for the football season to start. I mean, I'm I'm excited, but I'm so tired of hearing about preseason football and talking about a kicker. I I, I can't. I may have a hard time listening to my favorite stations talking yeah. sports. I, I yeah. can't do it anymore. There's nothing to talk about now.
1: I, uh, Cade Yorker bust.
0: Oh. That's all I, I got to say. How about in the game this past week? Had the fake injury. Did you hear about this? The fake injury? Yeah, he, on the kick, he, he kind of got bumped, so then he yeah. pretended as though he hurt his ankle. He didn't get I didn't hurt. see it. Okay. Oh, I, yeah, it was classic. It
1: was a good okay. soccer move. Okay. It was All a right. good soccer move. By the way, before we move on, want to say uh, thanks for the memories to the great Bob Barker. I can't yes. tell you how many days home from school, sick, were spent Watching the prices, right?
0: Hundred percent correct. It's just uh, uh, he was—I mean, obviously a national treasure, but that, that guy was unbelievable. And and he's the first one to ever bring up, at least that I remember, taking care of your dogs to get them yeah. spayed or neutered. Absolutely, he's a big, big believer of that. Yeah, he was. He was, you know, he was an icon. I
1: Ninety-nine, mean, unbelievable. Can you believe that he got as close as you can to 100 without going over? I know somebody posted that the other day
0: after he passed. That is just classic. Yeah, he uh, somebody certainly somebody you'll never forget.
1: Nope, not at all. He's he's one of a kind. Coming up on this show, a pilot flies across the globe for a rescue. A Cleveland talk show host doesn't know where East Palestine is. And the results of the T-Rex World Championship are in. We've all got, got all that. Let's kid talk, Cleveland Sports History, and more coming up. And now, a woman's perspective. How do you get a man to stop biting his nails? Make him wear shoes. This has been a woman's perspective.
0: As always, we have some good news. An American Airlines pilot from Dallas helped rescue a lost doll. Oh, that's cool. Nine-year-old Valentina of Texas had the doll with her on a family trip to Indonesia. The doll was last seen on a plane in Tokyo where the family had a layover. The family contacted the airline and posted about it on Facebook. That's where pilot James Dannon found out about it. Dannon reached out to the Turkish Airlines, lost and found at the Haneda Airport in Tokyo and was able to locate the doll named Beatrice. That's what I would name my doll, Beatrice. <laughs> he personally escorted the doll across the globe, snapping photos for Valentina at various airports along the way. Dannon delivered Beatrice to Valentina in person. That's a great story. That's very, very cool.
1: Yeah. And you? I, I, everybody knows, anybody with, that's had a little kid knows that there's that one toy, and God forbid you lose that one toy. Oh my gosh, that's the end of the world.
0: I would love to take time, and the, I love the story, but one part that jumps out to me, I would love to see the Turkish Airlines lost and found. What do you think that <laughs> looks like? I bet what you that is, is a there? collection of stuff you'd never seen anywhere else. That I more. agree. I agree. Ted, that was some good news. Time for kids talk. It's the opportunity to talk to younger people talking about sports, specifically Cleveland sports. And we are joined today by the Cleveland kid, Colin Forgotch and a special guest today, Riley Dwarznick. I think we'll nickname you Mr. B. How does that sound? Does that work for you?
2: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Outstanding. Well, gentlemen, we basically have approached the fall season when we record this. It is uh, the end of August, approaching September. That means football season's upon us. And the Cleveland Browns are playing their last preseason game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll be starting the season very soon against the Cincinnati Bengals. I wanted to get both of your thoughts after you've seen some preseason games and what you've heard from practices and what you've read. Wanted to get your thoughts. Colin, we'll start with you. What's your expectations of the Cleveland Browns?
3: I think we look great. I think for sure that we can come out of the gates hot against Kansas City. And then also just against in the in the regular season. I think we look great right now. Um, DTR is playing great, and that shows me if you know Watson doesn't work out in the long term, we have DTR that can grow as a quarterback as he gets older. Our future, is very, we have a very young team, and we look very good. I've called it since the draft, I think that DTR will be a very good quarterback. And I think, going into this last preseason, preseason game, I think we're probably not going to play a lot of our starters. Uh, well, actually, probably not any at all. But I think that we'll definitely play pretty decent, and if we can – you know if we could play pretty good against the chiefs i think that's pretty good sounding that we have a pretty good decent that we have a pretty good decent team and i'm really excited to see how it works in the regular season
0: i agree riley what's your thoughts of what you've seen so far from the cleveland browns
2: i pretty much agree with everything colin said i mean i think we could be pretty good in the regular season i mean maybe even super bowl contenders i, mean, I think our defense can be pretty good and if deshaun plays like he was in uh Houston I mean our offense could be pretty good too
0: one more question for you guys about the Browns obviously you've seen the strengths you talked to both talked about the defense obviously you're excited about DTR and obviously we'll see what Deshaun Watson Riley we'll start with you on this question any concerns you have going into the season or any specific positions you're concerned about or anything like that as as the season approaches
2: Uh, probably our kicker I mean he didn't look too good in the other preseason games yeah, I would agree with that. Colin, your thoughts?
3: Um, I think Riley definitely hit that on all cylinders. I mean, I think struggling with that, and I think it's just like we need to give him more of like a break, I feel like. I mean, like he's a brand-new kicker. He played amazing in college. I just think like if we just let him settle in, I think he'll be great. And I also, I saw this I saw this thing on TikTok. Then it shows um Bajorquez, our pointer and a holder is notoriously known for his kicker missing so many kicks. When you look at every Matt uh, Crosby for the Packers like and he was lights out until Waborka's came in and held for him. Like I don't know if it's holding problem or what, but whenever he comes in, like they he struggled as as their their kicker struggled.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. That's a really good point, Colin. Well, I guess gentlemen as we approach the season little bit of a concern obviously we're playing our last preseason game and then we have two weeks left to the best of your knowledge I'm not looking for a full record but what do you think for wins for the Browns how many wins can they get Colin we'll start with you
3: 10 and 7 11 and 6 I've I've thought that since the draft I mean especially looking at our schedule I mean going from win win loss loss I think we I think definitely it's about 10 and 7 11 and 6 I mean we have we Oh, we have a decent schedule. I mean it's not easy, but it's not that it's not hard. I think we could definitely get games done. It's just there's a lot of hard games in there. Like Bengals even playing them twice is not always fun. I mean, our division being hard, it's really hard to predict like anything. So I'm saying like eleven and six.
2: All right. Eleven and six. Riley, what's your thoughts? I agree with what Colin was saying, but I think it's possible we could go like twelve and five too, because I mean we play pretty good against the Bengals and I don't know if Joe Burrow is going to play in the first game in the home opener.
0: I was just going to say, yeah, there's some questions on that. I, I guess the other thing that I guess I'll bring up to both of you is, you know, obviously the team has changed, but I think the biggest addition that the team has had is the addition of some coaches. You have a special teams coach that really seems like they know what they're doing. And I think the best acquisition has been Jim Schwartz, who's the defensive coordinator. I, I think that's why you're some seeing some differences on defense. You agree, Riley?
2: I think no. the pass rush could be pretty good with, uh, Zadarius Smith and uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett could even get like 20 sacks this year because now he's not going to be triple teamed all the time.
0: That's a great point.
2: Colin, any final thoughts on the Browns?
3: No, I think I'm just adding on to what I've said the entire time. I think we will be very high. I think we will be a pretty decent contender this year.
0: Let's move on to another sport, Major League Baseball. I don't know if we have a lot to talk about. The uh, Cleveland Guardians. Well, I think it's kind of some surprising moves, and overall kind of made sense that they kind of relinquished some of their salary, getting rid of Josh Bell. They got rid of Aaron Savali, and then obviously Rosario. I guess, Riley, we'll start with you. Uh, It's kind of tough. Obviously, they've had some good young players. You've had the opportunity to go to some games. But uh, what's your thoughts right now on the the Cleveland Guardians uh, for the rest of this season and moving into next season?
2: No, I just... I just think they just have to learn from their mistakes. I mean, they're a young team, and, I mean, they got a bright future ahead. I don't really see them making the playoffs this year, even though they're still in it. But
0: I agree. Colin, your thoughts?
3: I think we made some actually great moves. I think the players that we lost were definitely needed. I think we needed to get rid of Savali. I think we definitely needed to get rid of Adam Rosario. Couldn't hit for his life. We're still a struggling team, especially with our bats, and we we won't make the playoffs this year highest is the
0: wild card i would agree it's going to take a lot for them to do that i know the white Sox have kind of waved the white flag as they didn't make much moves and they traded a bunch of players then they just recently fired their gm so uh, and their manager so obviously they're trying to make some plays minnesota is obviously the best team in the in the division they have great pitching they just can't hit but who knows but it, it is kind of exciting to watch them as we record this broadcast they're coming off a victory against the dodgers who are Let's be honest, probably the best team in baseball. So they show some strides. Their bullpen, I think, has been pretty good. It just comes down to hitting. You got Jose Ramirez, but your best hitter has been sitting for a while, and Josh Naylor. So some things to figure out. Any final thoughts, Riley, on the uh, Guardians?
2: Uh, no, not really. I just think we have a bright future ahead.
0: Fair enough. Colin? Yeah, I, agree
2: with the, I agree with the moves that we made. I think they are good moves to like, get younger and stuff like that.
0: No, I agree. Colin.
3: I think we have high hopes but not much to say I mean I just think our season's just been a struggle let's move on to
0: the sport that I think that both of you enjoyed the most which would be NBA basketball Cleveland Cavaliers uh, Colin's been a little while since we've talked to you we kind of had a discussion about making moves and bringing in players and boy the Cavs certainly did that and I think many people know the different names that they brought in Colin we'll start with you What's your thoughts of the offseason? I mean, the additions that they have of obviously multiple small forwards and and things like that. What's, what do you think about uh, the acquisitions?
3: Um, I think we're actually – I'm very happy with everything that we did. Every move that we had to make was really good, and I think Max Struss was our biggest move. He's, a, he's obviously a shooting guard. If you need to put him at small forward, he can because he's so tall. I think – so if Garland is, like, tired, throw him at guard. Or or even Mitchell, but then like, but then if we need a small forward because that's always been our struggle with small forward, we can play him at small forward. He's very versatile.
0: I would agree, Riley. What's your thoughts of the acquisitions? And I guess the second part to my question, I'll ask you this first: Talk about the acquisitions. What you thought? And is there another part of the team that still needs to improve?
2: I think all of our. Uh... Like all of the guys that we got were pretty good. I just wish that maybe we could like bring in a veteran on a minimum deal that brings experience to this team, like has playoff or maybe even finals experience. Sure.
0: Is there a particular position you'd like to see that person at? Is there? Do you feel like they need a post guy, another guard? What do you think?
2: I don't know. Maybe another. I, mean, I we don't really have depth at power forward besides Dean Wade, but maybe point guard. I don't know.
0: Callan, what do you, what is what? What's your thoughts? Any other parts of the team that you think need to improve?
3: I definitely have to say a big man. I think we need a big man that has Finals experience because Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, how young they are. Sometimes we need somebody, especially somebody more that can play bully ball. I think our Big men are too nice, especially Jared Allen. I think we need somebody like a Julius Randle type that they doesn't care. Like you can see when we played them in the playoffs. He was so much more just had a fire in him compared to like Mobley or Jared Allen. Like oh we need somebody like that, especially that has experience in the playoffs and the finals.
0: Riley, I'll throw this to you. So there's been obviously many different trade offers that have been talked about or rumors, I should say. The one is a very interesting one. I want to get your thoughts. You guys know the players better than I. PJ Walker, who I believe plays for the uh, Hornets, would be mm-hmm. a, a trade that's been proposed for Akora. Would you make that move?
3: I would say I would say no. I think Akora is younger, and I think Akora is definitely evolving. I could see where we could make that trade, but personally, I would rather have a on my team.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Colin, I guess. I mean, his perimeter defense, I think, is better. We need perimeter defense. So, yeah, I agree with Colin.
0: I would agree because unfortunately, I feel bad for a He's kind of, he was put in this role to kind of score. He's not a score, he's a guy who's going to defend one of the best, either small forwards or off guards or whatever and then they got him in the corner trying to shoot threes that's not his game i i I don't know if they're going to continue to use them that way then they might as well trade him all right gentlemen well great information on cleveland sports i need an update from both of you now on your school activities colin we'll start with you what activities tell us the grade you're in now and what activities are you got going on in the fall and tell us your uh, sports schedule
3: so i'm in seventh grade I don't have a lot right now besides just starting school and high football. I'm going to be starting lacrosse up right after football season, like practices and stuff and workouts. Um, But, yeah, I'm not doing much right now in the fall, just hanging out, going to football games, playing football games.
2: Very nice.
0: Riley, how about you?
2: Yeah, nothing's really going on right now. I mean, we've just started learning everything in school.
0: Tell our listeners at home what grade
2: you're in. Uh, I'm in, uh, I'm going in, or er, I'm in sophomore right now.
0: Nice. Very nice. Activities outside of school.
2: Uh, I'm doing cross country.
0: Very nice. What's your, uh, next event? This Saturday, I think. Taking in some, uh, Glen Oak, I believe is what you're doing. Yeah. Colin, you have a game coming up very soon. Do you not? Or scrimmage or something? Correct?
3: Yeah, I do. I actually, um, it's at six. I have a game coming up very soon. So in like an hour and a half, I, my game starts. So, and I know
0: the listeners at home would like to know this. What position are you playing on the football field? I All play, of them at the same time, or what? What do you got going?
3: Play offensive tackle, and then I play D tackle and D end.
0: Outstanding. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for the time. I guess we'll leave it with one last question. For the fall sports season, something that gets you most excited? Is there a specific sport, particular player you're looking forward to seeing? What is it? Riley, we'll start with you.
2: I enjoy going to the football games, I think they're a lot of fun to watch. High school, college, pro? High school.
0: High school. Following the Medina Bees coming off a victory. Exciting. Colin, how about you?
3: Uh, I'd have to agree with that. Football. I mean, just watching every every level. I mean, going to high school uh, football games, go there every Friday. I mean, depending on if it's St. John's or St. Francis, my future high schools, or just watching Ohio State or watching the Browns or whatever. I mean, I just enjoy watching football.
0: I cannot believe that no one answered Ashton University. What What's going on, man? Nobody could say, Ashland. Would... I'm the only one that's watching this. Understandable. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks for catching up with us. We really appreciate it. We'll be doing this very soon as we uh, go later in the fall to talk about how the Browns are doing to wrap up the Guardian season and also I'll do another preview with the Cavs. Colin, Riley, enjoy the fall. Study hard. Get good grades. That's what we're asking for. I will said we're out and about northeast ohio yeah strictly northeast ohio we didn't get out of the area i had a work trip to go to indiana but there's really not much to talk about there uh really a small out and about i was in the uh, canton area for one of riley's cross-country meets which I think I talked about this last year. I feel like a broken record Glen Oak high school. Holy cow. That might be one of the nicest high schools I've ever seen. It looks like a college campus. So we were out there uh, this weekend, kind of laid low, just watch some football, but we did go to mellow mushroom in the fine town of Rocky river. We took in a, uh, a wonderful pizza, a couple cocktails, saw some really odd behavior, but that's what right. we're going to talk about. So Okay. That's odd behavior, odd behavior. And then I obviously did some praying at uh, one of your favorite parishes, St. Bernadette with one of your favorite priests, Father Phil Rocco. So getting ready for the Heart and Harvest, Ted. No fundraiser for the church. We're getting ready. You're going to do some volunteer time. We're ready to rock. It's the weekend of the 16th. So get ready. Get ready. Big. Which I think the part I'm most excited about, which should be really interesting. Each night they have karaoke for an hour.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what what can we do to get Father Phil to karaoke? I don't know. I I think that's a great call. I I, I he does like a lot of the fifties uh, and sixties music, but yeah. yeah, I I think that's a great combination. And of course, they also have the Great Lakes beer truck, so I'm thinking that the people that go to the beer truck are going to be <laughs> requested to do some karaoke. So it should be uh should be a lot of fun. We had a blast last year. So
1: I think I know it's not a. Necessarily a '50s or '60s song, but you get Father Phil to sing "My Way." Oh gosh, I think I know that. Oh yeah, done. Classic. Classic. Well, Ken, we went out of the area. Ooh, eleven. We went to Pittsburgh. My son, Whoa. my oldest son. I know. I'm sorry. He's a Steelers fan. I, I think it, it happened just to to, to spite me, but. You know we have fun with it, but whatever. He wants to root for the Steelers, great. So we went and I gotta tell you, we had a great time. I bet you did. Super stadium, yes. super nice. Everybody was just was the nice. two of you who went, the whole family or um the me, uh Fritz and Gus. Oh, awesome. Nice. So yeah. Uh Hans is not a big football guy, so he didn't he didn't he we let him stay, but got there early, walked around the stadium a little bit this is for a preseason game against the Bills, walked around the stadium a little bit and, uh, let him go in the team shop and get a souvenir, watch the game. And oh my gosh, Fritz was in heaven.
0: It That's was awesome. crazy. And I uh, love that stadium. Yeah. Because you know what they have around it, Ted? Places to eat and drink. Right? What? You have a lake sitting right there. Oh, my shit. gosh. You
1: what an idea. Drink. Oh, God. Places to eat and drink. Who would have thunk it? Um, now, the, the, the highlight for me came well before we got there, when I explained to both of the boys that, we are not going to say, Hey, we're from Cleveland. Hey, my dad and my brother are Browns fans. We're not going to do that. Yep. And they said, they were like, why? And I said, it's not just at a Steelers game, but at any NFL game, you find fans that are from the rival team and depending on who you're near and their libation level, things can go South in a hurry. Yep. So we're all for the Steelers, and as yeah. I'm explaining this and saying that, you know, you can look on YouTube and see fights. The look on my middle son's face, the his eyes just got bigger and bigger and bigger as he's hearing me tell this. Mm-hmm. So when we go to leave, he's got his Pittsburgh Penguins shirt on, Penguins hat. They give me a penguin, uh, a Steelers hat to wear. Nice. And- He says like five times. I'm just here to get along. I'm just here to get along. along." I love that. I'm here to get along. That's great. So we did that. Then we also, so that we're equal, we went to the Browns training camp. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Parked nearby. I think we paid 10 bucks to park in somebody's lawn, whatever. Uh, Walked in. It's free. Again, got some souvenirs. Um watched him practice it's open seating or it was open seating and it was hot that was yeah. the only i mean it was really like i mean if it had been a game probably would have been a little bit more excited but you know you're you're watching a practice it's practice yeah and so after you know we're there for like i don't know 45 minutes and gus who's the browns fan he's on the edge of his seat watching the whole thing and Fritz has his head down, and he's like, it's hot. I want to leave. We're done. <laughs> and, and then uh they had Greg Pruitt there signing autographs.
0: Oh, cool.
1: And so Gus got uh, a mini helmet, and, you know, they, they were going to try to get players to sign it. And I'm like, guys, I just don't want you to be disappointed. There may be zero player signings. Right. Zero. Yeah. They're like, okay. And then, and I'm like us. We could go get Greg Pruitt's autograph if you want. I know you don't know who he is, but he was a great running back in the '70s, and I think I don't know if he was around in the early '80s or not. But, I think he, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, then he went to the first Raiders. He was like, no, and then he's like, yeah, let's go. So we go, and Fritz comes with us, and we get up there, and I'm not an autograph guy. Yeah. Nor am I a photo guy. Yeah. I just you've never met this person. They're famous. You stood next to him for two seconds and took a picture.
0: hundred percent. Correct. Yep.
1: I get it. Yep. So I walked up, I shook his hand and I said, hi, Mr. Pruitt. I said, I remember you. I grew up with watching you play. These guys don't, but my son would like your autograph. And he says, come on, man, Google me. You got to Google me.
0: That's great. Oh, so we
1: got that autograph, and we did get one other. We got chomps. You got chomps. You got oh, chomps. that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So the only that's autographs great. that the players gave out, they did some first 50 kids to scan some QR codes. Yeah. You you, you can get a thing, and that was the, that was the only kids that got that's it. That's awesome. So we had a great time. That's awesome. Well, here's my question.
0: Yes. I went to camp. It was a long time ago, specifically in football. Isn't it just crazy to see the size of some of those guys? In They're person? huge.
1: It's oh unbelievable. God. Miles Garrett was on the sideline near us. And he looked like he could have, he he was a, two or three times the size of just the, the camp workers. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Huge human beings. No doubt. Un- unbelievable. Uh, we were, you'll appreciate this. We're sitting and there was a, like a light post in front of us where we sat down. And most of the folks who are there, uh, at least where we were, are old enough to get this. We sit down and there's the post there. And I said, oh, man, feels like old Municipal Stadium. (laughs) And My kids have no idea what I'm talking about. Everybody around me laughs.
0: 20, 10, light pole, five. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's classic. That is really funny. So we had a great time. What a great way to end your summer, Ted. That's really yep. cool. That was the day before school started. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's probably some time they'll they'll never forget. That's pretty yep. cool. Well, Ted, thanks for being out and about supporting your local teams in Northeast Ohio. I did the best I could with eating and drinking. And obviously, we'll <laughs> do much more as we move on here in 2023.
4: The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips.
1: All right, Ken, here we go. Some news and notes that you may not have heard about. A dad says he dislikes parties and large gatherings is under fire. His son recently got married, and the reception was for about 150 people. Dad says he told his son ahead of time that he would probably leave the reception early. And he says that his son, quote, looked like he didn't mind at the time. So come to the day of the big day at the ceremony when it was over. Dad told son, hey, ceremony looked great. I'm I'm out. I'm leaving. Son asked if he was going to stay at least for cake. Dad didn't think the food looked good, so he said he was going to leave. Dad's wife, mom, didn't want to stay alone and leave alone, so she left with him. Couple days later, the bride is now sending messages expressing disgust that they would leave. Thoughts?
0: Well, they're certainly set their ways. I mean, the, the guy wants good cake and good food. If it's not there, I don't care if this is my kid's wedding or not. I'm out. Fine. It's
1: the wedding. You can't. I mean, give sometimes me a break.
0: people cannot oh. think of the situation and yep. just say, "Well, this is more important than anything else." And this is know. bigger than me. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is, uh, I must say, it's the kind of jackasses of the week, huh? Is that where
1: (laughs) we're Jeez. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we have the uh, 14th annual Philly Naked Bike Ride. Is that where you were this weekend? (laughs) No, I didn't have a chance. Okay. All right. Was your wife out of town mysteriously by any chance? No, I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) It was this weekend. The idea or its build to promote cycling as a key form of transportation and fuel-conscious consumption. Now, it's also meant to encourage body positivity. Mm. Organizers say participants aren't required to ride completely in the buff, but they can, quote, get as bare as you dare. Oh. As bare as you dare. As bare as you I dare. Don't, I, that seems I like think I'd be a
0: one and done at that race because I think they would confuse me with Sasquatch. <laughs> so I don't I don't think it would work. I uh there's nothing about that that appeals to me. I mean I boy, it'd be tough to sit on the seat, huh? Yeah, I mean that's, that's what yeah, I mean how
1: how are we wow. doing this?
0: Unless you're wearing like a loincloth or something. Well, I mean, that's just
1: odd. I mean if I'm sitting in the back of one of those Things where they, you know you get the bench and the guy in front of you is doing yeah,
0: the yeah.
1: Okay, maybe.
0: By the way, in some of those situations, keep your head down. You don't want yeah. to lift your head to see what's ahead.
1: Right. right. There's there's nothing. No, you don't want to see that. Let's 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 be frank here. Actually, I'll be Ted. Perfect. Um the majority of of people. You don't want to see them naked, right? You just that's not. That's not, well, it's, well, they, you know,
0: when people hear about these nudist places that they have all throughout the world, Ugh. I mean, it, it, it's not Tom Cruise walking around no, there. Okay? No, no, no. Sidney Crawford isn't there. More of uh, the beer belly types like yeah. myself. So.
1: Yeah. Hey, in sports, the 2023 T-Rex World Championships were held at Seattle's Emerald Downs about 10 days ago. The event started in 2017 as a pest control company's team building activity. This year there were 200 people, or more than that, competing. Now, the T-Rex World Championships, these people were running down a live horse racing track in inflatable dinosaur costumes. This is, this is outstanding. This year's event ended in a photo finish. Oh. It was all over Ocean Kim of Hawaii hit the wire just ahead of Denno the Dino of Idaho and Rex Ray machine of Washington. Hmm. There you go. That's exciting. Congrats. Did you have, uh, uh, Kim to, to, to win, uh, Dino to, uh, place and Rex. I had, show?
0: Uh, I had an exact the box. So I okay. was, uh, I was okay. a guaranteed
1: winner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the take home on that? Uh, close your eyes and what do you see? Okay, that's exactly what I thought. I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me.
2: Blah, blah, blah. 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 Blah, blah, blah.
1: Our guest today is part of the Cleveland Gaming Classic. It's coming back in uh, just a few weeks, and we're gonna learn all about it today, so let's talk with Tom Jenkins. Tom, the Cleveland Gaming Classic. Uh, What is this?
5: Yeah, it's nice to to meet you guys. Yeah, the Cleveland Gaming Classic is uh really everything, all games and nerd culture. So, you <laughs> talking to me, that that's what I like to talk about. So, but no, it's a, it's a it's a weekend of really everything gaming, nerd culture. Is just a great convention and uh, we're at the IX Center this September.
0: It's wow. super exciting. Yeah, Tom, I I had the opportunity to look at the site and obviously the I'm going to certainly try to find my way to to get there with all the different activities you have of the ability to play pinball, old video games, things like that. I have to ask this question from the start. So I went to the leadership page and saw your name there. And I don't know, please tell me how I get this title. Founder and final boss. I want that title real bad. I I need to find a way to have that title. What do I need to do to do that?
5: I mean, you've got to basically spend 13 years of your life like trying to create a a video game convention, I feel like. (laughs) You know, so, you know, we were like, We try to keep it pretty light and low key, and you know, I try to keep things professional but also fun, right? Because we're like, okay, founder and what? Okay, final boss. Sure, it's video game related, right? So yeah, absolutely fun. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's that was so cool. I had to ask you about that. But obviously, talk about the history of of this gaming classic. Obviously, uh, you guys are moving to the IX Center, huge venue. Obviously, you have a very very big following. But how did this whole thing start?
5: Yeah, so it started, um, you know, I don't even know, probably, we we moved back, my wife and I, we used to live in California, we're Cleveland natives, Um, just, she grew up in Brooklyn, I grew up in Westlake, and um, we moved back to Cleveland in 2008, and um, I had always had a bunch of guys over, used to come over and play Tecmo Super Bowl, uh, the original Nintendo Entertainment System, or the NES, so uh, we developed... You know, there was a really small group of guys, like six or eight guys to start. And we used to call the group, like, uh, we used to call them, actually, first, we called them, like, the Tecmo Super Bros. And then it evolved to Tecmo Cleveland. And then it just became, like, this annual get-together at what was my house, living room. Then we broke a couple chairs that I got in trouble <laughs> with uh, that were our kitchen chairs and one cracked one year. And then we went to the basement. We had, like, 40-some people in my basement one year. And i had projectors up i had probably like eight crt tubes in our basement and then we went to we eventually i can still remember like i rented a v, the vfw hall in avon lake on walker road i think it's on walker right and um i remember like writing the check for renting that vfw hall which was like a couple hundred bucks i'm like oh my god what am i doing with my life You know, <laughs> like you know doing a tech boat tournament there And then we eventually then added an NBA jam and we called it Tecmo Jam Cleveland. And then we ended up at Wagner's of Westlake, which if you guys know Wagner's, it's like a wedding event center. And they're like, what are you guys doing? You're going to bring a bunch of people here to play video (laughs) games? Like what's going on? So we booked the entire Wagner's of Westlake event center. Then COVID hit. We did it online uh, for charity. And then we came back to Wagner's and it was just a zoo. Like, I mean, our numbers and the attendance and people waiting in line. We just knew we had to move out. So then um, I think, yeah, last year we did Wagner's. I don't remember if we did Wagner's. We did Wagner's two times. Um, but then we ended up at the IX Center last year, which was our first time there. And it was amazing. So we're coming back again this year. So that that is the abridged history, if you will.
1: <laughs> now... At this event, what all do people can people do? It looks like there are speakers. There's opportunity to play games, talk with gamers. What all? What all will all we experience when we come to this event?
5: Yeah, I mean it's all of that. We focus a lot on playing games. Is the one thing we've said from the beginning. Is you know, like I'm a, I've always been kind of a collector of video games, arcade games, pinball, whatever. But One of the things that we like to do differently at our show is that it's good to, like, collect things and buy things, but we also want people to stay and, like, play games, right? The whole reason we do these things is that way we can have these types of conversations and remember, you know, what it used to be like, like, playing at your friend's house or getting together, whether it was in high school or in your college dorm, right, to relive those memories. So a lot of what you can experience is just playing games, um, like you were talking about, arcade games, pinball machines. We bring in all the retro consoles all the old tube TVs and we bring really some rare experiences you won't see anywhere else. And we also have some stuff we haven't still even announced this year, but it all kind of vibes off of everything retro, you know? So there's, there's just a lot to do. There's so much to do.
0: So I think the part that's really impressive, I obviously want to let our listeners know is that you put this event on, but also you make it a charity event as well, is that you've raised almost 13000 dollars which is just awesome for the united cerebral palsy of greater cleveland that's just really really cool That that's so neat that you guys do that i guess yeah you we, are the we type try to of person back every year. Ex- yep. absolutely i think that's so cool you're the type of person that obviously you, you're I, I guess i would say you're a bit of a gamer you like video games is there i, I guess my question is a little different is there someone that's coming to the event that you're most looking forward to seeing or, or spending time with or anything like that i guess being in the gaming industry
5: Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, you know, so this I year we like have a couple, the Ziggers, I, I apologize. People. So, Yeah, no, it's a good, it's good. I haven't, you know, I didn't put too much thought into that until now. So this is me stalling while I think about the answer well, to this question. Well, let's, let's I, go back. No, no, I got let's, it. I got it though. I got it. Okay. I got it. I got it. So I think this year, so new this year, so I've got two boys, they're five and eight years old. And, you know, we try to do stuff that's very family friendly oriented as well. So I'm going with this is that so we've got two of the voice actors from Pokemon this year coming, which I think is going to be super cool. Um, again, you know, Pokemon's interesting. because It's like card game. It's obviously a tabletop card game, trading card game, um, video games as well so i think that is going to be a huge hit this year i'm super ex- I'm super excited to meet, meet meet these voice actors that's cool and then in an, another one this guy his name's jeff steitzer um and he's actually the original he is the voice from halo so if you're familiar with halo wow. he's he's done all the call outs from the original um halo 2 today you know so the guy that's yelling like Slayer, double kill triple kill he's that guy so he'll be there. And I think it's just going to be one of those, you know, you're walking by all day seeing this guy and it's just going to be hilarious. So
1: that's cool. That's really neat. Can, can you ask him if he would say, please listen to your parents? That's <laughs> probably,
5: what <I> mean. probably, <laughs> He probably well, will. The voice I mean, of
1: you, God saying that.
5: If you slip him a 20, I bet he'll say, anything. Okay. You know? <laughs> all right.
1: All right. Well now this has grown. How many people are we expe- Are you expecting this year?
5: So last year we had um, about eight thousand people. In- holy cow! Oh. That was just in oh, one holy day. Cow. That was just on Saturday. Wow! So this year was our first time. I mean, we did a multi-day event years, years, years ago, but it was for—I mean, we were so much smaller. Um, but this is our first time doing a multi-day event at the IX Center. So. We're thinking it'll probably be between twelve and fifteen thousand attendees this year, which is just crazy, you know. So it's gonna be fun. I guess you can't hold it
1: in your basement anymore.
5: That's the that's what always the joke was. And last year when we were at the IX Center, because they had a ton of construction going on, we actually were in the basement of the IX Center. So that was our whole. Shtick last year was from <laughs> from Tom's basement to the basement of the IX Center. Like we'll never get out of the basement, but now the construction's all done at at the IX, so we're we are finally upstairs on the, the main floor. So,
0: Tom, my last question. I know Ted has a couple others, but my question for you: You talk about all these different people that are coming in. You mentioned the
5: gentleman before who did the voice of Halo.
0: How do you get those people to come? How do you, how do you get them involved to to be part of that part of your uh, uh, the, the classic?
5: Yeah, good question. I think a lot of it is just chasing those individuals down. So, fortunately enough, the social media exists now. Um, you know, so I've readily found that many of those people, you can just hit them up on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and you got to be patient and then they'll respond and then they'll point you to their agent and a lot of them work with agencies. So, now again having done this and negotiated contracts and worked through their a lot of the agents for a couple of years now many of them share the same agents or can point you to other people but yeah it's 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 so funny because again it's kind of ridiculous like going from the basement again to now talking to again they're not like a list or b list celebrities by any stretch of the imagination but they're still iconic people right and negotiating Absolutely. contracts with these people it's just really fun to see and do so.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, Amazing.
5: That's really neat.
1: Well, Tom, uh, how do folks, uh, uh, I know you have a website, but uh, folks want to get tickets ahead of time. They want to follow you on social media. Give us the give us the 411 on where they can find uh, you and the, uh, the event here.
5: Yeah. I mean, so everything you can find is at gamecleveland.com. So that's G-A-M-E, cleveland.com. Um, the event is September 22nd through the 24th at the IX Center. Um, tickets are anywhere from, I think they start at $20 for Sunday, $25 on Saturday. And then, you know, kids under 10, like I said earlier, we're a very family-friendly show. So kids 10 and under get in free, which is something unique oh, wow. we do too. That's awesome. Um, so bring the kids. Everyone's like, oh, is it kid-friendly? I'm like, yes, it 100% is super kid-friendly. We do a ton of kids programming. We even have like a you know, another big part of what we do this year is tabletop gaming. I'm a big tabletop, like Dungeons and Dragons nerd guy myself. Um, so we even have like free painting this year for kids. Um, so that will be there, but yeah, September 22nd through the 24th, it's at the IX center. If you haven't been, you, you should come. It's amazing. Um, Friday night, we have this pre-party, Saturday night, we've got uh, a concert, a musical guests, I mean, it's really an entire weekend we've put together that's going to be non-stop, so.
1: Awesome. Amazing. Well, uh, best of luck, and uh, I hope you uh, break some more attendance records and, and raise some more money for uh, a great charity.
5: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for, Thanks for chatting.
0: Ted, we have another, I know you're surprised by this, another overachiever. Yeah. This one, a British man's remote-controlled jet-powered car broke a world record, and then it exploded. (laughs) James Wamsley (laughs) made the effort to break the Guinness World Record for the fastest speed (laughs) achieved by a remote-controlled jet-powered car. He did so on the airport runway. His first attempt clocked in at 94.76 miles an hour beat the goal of 93.2 set by Guinness. Wolmsley's wanted to try for a faster speed. second attempt was 137 miles an hour, but the nose came off the car during the run, causing a DQ. I hate when that happens. Every time. And then the third attempt, he hit 141 miles an hour. Wow. But a strong gust of wind blew the car across the runway, and it exploded there you go that might be the first time we have a guinness record or something explodes we've had a lot of these and that's a first so he, does he he doesn't get credit for the does he get no i guess he doesn't get credit for the 141 though. no
1: i think he gets the 94.76.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I
1: well i wonder James. you know if it exploded did it go faster than 141 when it Exploded? I
0: guess, yeah. I guess you have to have some time after the race to make sure the car doesn't blow up. Kind of similar to like one of those eating contests we've seen. Oh, you know, you you gotta take some time to make sure no one gets upset. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ted an overachiever, James Wolmsley. Even though his car exploded,
1: Guinness World Record. And nothing to show for it. Miss Speaker of the Week, this one actually happened about three months ago, but we just found out about it. I said, We got to share this. So there's a show on YouTube. It's called the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Okay. A bunch of local guys, local media folks are on the show. This particular segment uh, was hosted or included Adam the Bull. G. Bush and Tybis Powell, all These good names. All local good. media talk show hosts. Yep. They do great work. work. Uh, they had golf great Annika Sorenstam on because Annika's husband is from East Palestine, Ohio. That's where the train derailed in early February that caused yeah. the environmental problem. Yeah. Annika was on to on the show to promote a charity golf outing. She was holding the. Raise money to help with relief efforts in that area. G. Bush apparently confused East Palestine with the sovereign state of Palestine in the Middle East.
2: You know, know, Annika, when you look at East Palestine and just, you know, some of the things that's been going on there for for years, um, do you think uh, that there is, I, I would say, Um, the media and especially the sports media does not really necessarily bring that much light to it. I think a lot of people don't kind of understand what the plight of is in East Palestine and in the middle East in general. Um, And do you think that, um, you know, we should be talking more about the things that happen there um, and and kind of shed light on some of the, some of the different things that are going on and, and, and people who are trying to help like yourself.
0: Oh my no. Oh no. Oh, poor
5: G Bush! But oh, uh,
1: now being the pro that she was, Anna Anna stand just talked about East Palestine and didn't, you know, she did, she didn't. He had didn't a bury day. him, okay. But whoever edited this show and put it up on YouTube didn't bother to take. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now you know, I I don't know any of these guys personally, um, but how about a little prep? Come
0: on. That certainly would help. I mean, I mean that's a,
1: that's pretty disrespectful to your guests.
0: Yeah, I, I, hate, I hate to say that. I, I, we can only, you know, I don't know the situation and what all these guys do above and beyond what we hear them on the radio. So some of them have other jobs. And so for you and I, when we're interviewing people, we get the nuts and bolts. We do the background, all that kind of stuff. You have to do that. I mean, you had to know that you were going to talk about East Palestine, Ohio, and not the Middle East. I mean, that's, there's no doubt. The two connections don't seem <laughs> quite the same. So, have we all been there and made mistakes? Oh my gosh, yes. Have we made mistakes on the air before? Yes. But if you're going to make a mistake, make sure you're not making it because you haven't done your prep. That's for sure.
1: So, uh, making a mistake that's unavoidable. Right. Correct. Yes. Wow. Wow. poor G well, Bush. G Bush is the misspeak of the week. Cleveland, this is for you. Time for more Cleveland sports. And our Cleveland sports historian, Dusty Sloan, is with us. Dusty, August 20th, 1912. I don't really remember that. But nonetheless, uh, Washington Senators, uh, later Hall of Famer, uh, Walter Johnson, gets his 15th straight win. As a pitcher, he beat the Cleveland Naps at the time, 4-2. to What can you tell us about uh, Walter Johnson and this, that's unbelievable, 15 wins in a row by a pitcher? Absolutely. Now, before I get to the doubleheader, I would be
4: remiss since we're talking about August 20th. My wife's birthday is on August twentieth, so oh. happy birthday, Mandy! Oh, there sure we go. We get that out of the way. All so right. I take care of the important business here. Yes. But I'm looking at Game One, and you talk about Walter Johnson, and obviously a Hall of Famer, one of the great pitchers of that era, that early era of Major League Baseball. He, he won that game that day, improved to 28 and seven that year on August twentieth. But the interesting thing about Game One in this doubleheader is both starting pitchers in the game, for whatever reason only faced one batter, and then got removed. So Walter hmm. Johnson didn't even start the game. He came in and finished the last eight and two-thirds innings pitched and gave up two runs, and neither of them were earned. And then for the Cleveland Naps, Bill Steen comes in after the first guy faces one batter, and he goes seven innings of relief. So very interesting game in that first game of the doubleheader, and then the second game ends up being a no-hitter. Yeah, I saw the no-hitter, the guy's name was Carl Cushion.
0: Did they name seats after him? Is that where they came up with the idea of the name of the cushion
4: from Carl? I don't. I don't think he was that good, but gotcha. Uh, Fair enough. He, he was good enough. The second game only went five and a half innings, so it wasn't a quote unquote official no hitter by today's standards in the rule book. But yeah, he took down the Naps and and six innings didn't give up a hit, and it was not a good day for Cleveland that day. Seems
1: as though the uh, seems as though the Naps. Uh... Took, took a few that day. Took a few naps. Yeah. Yes, they well, did. They, oh.
4: Well, they had Nap Lashaway at second base, but they also had Shoeless Joe Jackson in right field. Oh, wow. And they also had a name in left field named Buddy Ryan. Now, I'm guessing it's not Buddy Ryan. <laughs> no,
0: I don't think it's the same guy. I don't think it's a few years between. No, I, I don't think he's old. that old. No, absolutely. Oh. When, Dusty, I think we've had this conversation before. It'll be my last question. So when they were called the Naps, when is the last, when, was this one of the last years they were called the Naps and then they went to a different team name? Do you do you recall this?
4: Well, I'll have to kind of look it up here a little bit. I mean, they were the Naps, surprisingly, for quite a while. They were the Naps from 03 to 14. Okay. and then And then they became the Indians for more than a century. But, yeah, they were the Naps for 12 seasons. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they were called a lot of things. The Guardians is actually the seventh different name that this franchise has had since 1894. Wow. But the Naps happened to be the third longest um, moniker that the that the uh, franchise had.
1: Oh, that's pretty wild. On a uh, related story, my uh, son says to me yesterday, hey, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? I said, I hope they wake him up. Boo!
4: Ooh, all right, you'll be Dusty. at Hilarities this week, folks.
1: Yep. Tipped away. Thank you, Dusty. Anytime, guys.
2: Cleveland! This is for you!
3: Oh, no, not a dad joke.
0: Ted, why did the Scarecrow win an award? Mm, oh, no, I don't know.
1: He was outstanding in his field.
3: That joke was horrible.
1: We're coming to the end of episode number 121. A lot of stuff in this show. It's <laughs> just fun today. We, we We need a map of Ohio and yes, Middle East. We uh we don't don't leave a wedding early just cuz you're afraid of crowds or you don't like the food. And, you don't uh, get Guinness
0: records if your car explodes, <laughs> your remote control car, that is. And uh, we had a nice discussion about tipping. I mean, what 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 else can you ask? Tipping, for? yes. And don't well, don't forget uh, Riley and uh, Colin. Uh, oh yeah, a nice discussion as well. The young sports guys, yeah. I, I like to learn from the young people. Yes.
1: So, they are the classic. future. Treat yes. them well and let them lead yes. the way. you think they'll take
0: our show over when we're not here anymore? What do you think Maybe. about that?
1: Two two young punks who've taken over the show in Cleveland. That's what it'll be called. Two better looking dudes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Well, I'm not going to ask, but I will ask, as I'm just inquisitive. How was the fir- first day
1: of school? The uh, first day of school was relatively uneventful. Good. The, hear that. the uh, How about for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, went off without a hitch. Obviously, Riley's been first year of high school. Maddie, a little nervous because she's in sixth grade, new building, blah, blah, blah. But everything was fine. Yeah, we they were tired, by the way, both of them, mm. because we have to get up at 530 in the morning. Oh, go my gosh. Because the bus comes at 630. Ugh. Come get some. So both of the children are starting you know, they've found their endurance now and are used to getting up that early. But yeah, that first day, I don't think anybody at the house, and I repeat, anybody, including the dog, made it past 9 o'clock. Nobody. (laughs) Not a soul.
1: Real tired. Now, we also, since our last show, hockey has started. We've had some problems with the hockey. The first day we went, uh, I thought I had all the equipment. I had two kids who were supposed to have practice at the same time, or maybe it was one right after the other. We get there and they get they go to get their stuff out. And my one son says, Daddy, where's my stick? And I said, it's back there. It's the red one. He says, no, That Fritz says, no, that's Gus's. I said, uh-oh. And then Fritz says, where are my leg pads? He's a goalie. Where are my leg pads? I said, uh-oh. And then Gus says, Daddy, where's my bag? And I said, well, it's right back there. He says, no, that's Hans's. Oh, my. I said, I need to call your mother. Oh, <laughs> so and nobody had their you know, own
0: stuff, right? Everything see, was screwed what's up? That?
1: Nobody had the right stuff? I, I screwed, I screwed it, up. it up. Oh, my. And then we had uh, another day. We had, uh, I, um, I think we were missing a sock. Hmm. And then Erica uh, took him one day and was hmm. uh, offended, shall we say, by the uh, odor of the equipment. Mm. Anybody who's been around hockey oh. is familiar with that odor. And there's not it's they've come up with all these sprays and such. Let's be honest, there's nothing you can do about that. No, it stings the
0: nostrils, man. Right. Yeah.
1: So my wife decides she wants to set the stuff outside to to air out. So before okay. I left for work on whatever day it was, Thursday or Friday, she says, Leave the stuff in the driveway, I'll set it out. So I do that. She lays it out and takes a nap.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Can you, for those who might not live in the area, tell everybody what kind of weather we've had recently. It's been pretty wet. Pretty wet. Flooding. So my wife lays down for a nap and is awakened by the sound of rain, thunder, and lightning. And... Then she has to pull in soaked hockey equipment. Oh man. So it went from smelling bad to <clears throat> now what we got, bold, maybe. So they couldn't go to hockey that night because the stuff was so wet.
0: Oh gosh.
1: And so the ensuing couple practices, we showed up and I thought I had everything. I had no pants for the kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh missing a stock or something because still downstairs, whatever. So yeah, we finally, I got it right on Saturday or Sunday. So, um, we're getting there.
0: You got to be, you got to get back in the routine, man. You're out of yeah. the hockey routine. You got to get back. You'll be now there. We also
1: had our first football games of the year. Oh, The fifth graders won their game eight to zip and the sixth graders won their game. 54 to six. 54 to six. Hey, take it easy, man. Are
0: you running a spread offense up 50? Holy crap. That was. Wow. 54 to six. That's like watching Notre Dame and freaking Navy. Wow. You guys are tearing it up, man. Is it bad?
1: Are we going to get hate mail? If I tell you that my wife asked, texted me, said, who did we play? And I texted her back the blind sisters of the poor. Oh boy. Maybe. That's so hard. I remember those days. I you know, felt so bad for the other team. Oh,
0: it's just terrible. It's just, in football, it's so hard because you want, I don't know, you don't want to run up the score, but it's hard not to because in football, you have to play. If you don't play full out, then you get right. hurt. Right. Football's hard, man. That's that's a tough one when you have such a lopsided thing. Did they have a running clock and stuff at the end? By the
1: fourth quarter, they did. Okay. Yeah, they should. I mean, like, we so we scored eight touchdowns. One was an interception return. Okay. are oh, you going to stop that? No,
0: you can't. No. And
1: four or five of them were long runs.
0: Yeah. I think we hard. threw
1: two passes the whole game. Oh, okay. Well, that's – One, one was incomplete. And yeah. the other, we played at St. Vincent St. Mary.
0: Yeah. And – Nice turf field, by the way. It's nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: You're in Rocky River? Yes. Uh, you're closer than any defender was to the kid who <laughs> caught the ball. Oh, geez. Oh, so, But, uh,
0: well, Hey, exciting times. Let's see what happens. 54 to six. Wow. Come get some. Well, they, they certainly beat the spread line. That's good. So next week they're going to be favored by like 45 points. Maybe Ted great show. Special thanks to our guests. And this time I know who it is. (laughs) Tom Jenkins. Check out some gaming, the IX center. That sounds really cool (laughs) by the way anybody that could talk about that started something in their basement and moves to the IX center hats off to them. That's D one dusty, rusty Sloan sports history, rocking and rolling as always very solid. Jen Brastovich, giving us our calendar. God, I have to get to Jersey's. Have you been there? No. Oh gosh. That pizza she talked about. I've heard about that from my brother. D1? Tony Darkowitz. he said get over there and have it So D1, huh? he wanted it and he got it Colin Forgosh, Riley Dwarfs Nick, good sports talk, thank you fine young gentlemen, we'll have you on again special thanks to our wonderful listeners we appreciate your time enjoy Labor Day weekend, as some people say it's the last round of summer until then, when we talk we're just two middle aged men in Cleveland
4: Two Middle Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audiovisual packages for all occasions.